Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Alive for More, a dialogue with Catholic young adults produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire the universal call to holiness. And now, Alive for More. Welcome back to Alive for More. My name is Father Nick Venturn. I'm joined in the studio by Kayla Walton, Trisha Casson, and Joel Yarmish. And today we're going to talk about some of the most important aspects of worship that really touches to close to the heart. But before we begin, um, Joel, could you open us up in, with prayer? Yeah, absolutely. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for today. Um, we ask for your blessings um, over uh, all the members of the show and all of those listening um, may you guide our hearts to a deeper understanding of you as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Joel, thank you for open, opening up with prayer. And today we're going to talk about something that really resonates with a lot of people. And Trisha, could you just like start us off that way, of that direction? Thank you, Father Nick. So today we're going to talk about sacred music. Um, the Catechism says the musical tradition of the universal church is a treasure of inestimable inestimable. Value. Es- inestimable. You, you can't even estimate it. I was kind of caught off guard. And nonetheless, greater than any other art. Greater than any other yeah, art. So we ought to have a show on this form of beauty that is greater than any other art. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that we should harness it in a direct way towards the mass in the liturgy or towards the music in liturgy. Mm hmm. Yeah, particularly. That's a really good point, Joel, because we, I mean, we spend a lot of time and energy wanting to talk about how to make ourselves more prepared to worship God. And something, there's something unique about the human person that just resonates with music. I mean, we listen to radios in our car. We, I mean, I know some people like to listen to radios as they get ready in the morning. They even make waterproof radios now, which kind of just amazes me it's fine i know that's probably 30 years ago but that's okay um still can amaze you that's okay yeah um and so music is a very big part of our lives big part of our society but that's a an important thing because we also bring that into the liturgy not bringing the music that's out in society into liturgy but that kind of desire to make music Mm -hmm. is always a part i've been a part of ourselves and I think that's something um, that's beautiful about the music that is used in sacred liturgy is the tradition behind it. You know, mm-hmm. one of my favorite things to do when we sing a, a song in church is to look at the bottom and it has, you know, the century that it was written. And when you think about it, you know, it's was written in the 14th century, the 13th century, whatever it is, thinking back, oh my goodness, this has been around for hundreds of years and the words are still true today. Mm-hmm. You know, they they still can elevate, they really just elevate your soul um, to uh, to be in, you know, in a moment of praising our Lord, which right. is awesome. And Kayla, I was talking, I'm lucky enough or blessed enough, however you want to say it, um, to be married to someone who's incredibly involved in music ministry in her parish. Um, her brother is also in her, basically her entire family is. And I was talking to them and I, I sort of asked them, when you pick out the music that you're going to play at mass, what type of thing do you try and take into effect? And basically what they said, the overall opinion that I got from them is, first and foremost, the music is there to honor God. It's there to aid in worship. So you want, no matter what you're doing, this this music, a good litmus test is, it should be praising God. It should be 
honoring God. And the next thing that they um, that they really want to do is they want to pick something that's going to encourage the entire liturgy to or the and the, the entire congregation to pit, to participate. So mm-hmm. um, they pick a, the, the, in doing this, they pick a song that the entire congregation can t- participate in. You don't have expert level singers in every single one of the pews, so you pick a song, you pick music that everyone can participate in. I think it's important, also, Joel. Thank you. Um, when you're talking about what music do we play in liturgy, the Catechism of the Catholic Church also says that the text intended to be sung must always be in conformity with the Catholic doctrine. Indeed, they should be drawn chiefly from the sacred scripture and from liturgical sources. Now, I know there's a popular show out um, called The Office, and I've never actually seen this episode, <laughs> but I heard that um, the bride walked down the aisle to like a secular song. Yeah. Correct? yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Do you remember what song? Yeah. Chris Brown forever. And so it was like a thing. <laughs> you you know? your name the episode and the day it aired, didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> so yeah, I feel like after that, that episode came out, it was like a thing for like, I don't know, secular music to be used and not necessarily the Catholic church, but like mm-hmm. in services. And, um, and there was a funeral recently I was reading about in the Catholic church where like, um, secular music was sung at the funeral um, but it says right here in the cath- in the catechism that it should always be drawn chiefly from sacred scripture and liturgical sources. And maybe we could talk about like why. Why and does the church teach Trisha, this? Trisha, that, that is a very good thing to bring up. And it is always a very difficult thing to tell people what they can or can't sing with something so important of and so personal mm-hmm. as worship of God. I mean, this is something we all have to recognize is that. This gets touches on the heart of a person. This touches close mm-hmm. to what they hold most dear. And so when you're in a highly emotional moment, like a wedding or, say, a funeral, like you want to do something that speaks to you, that speaks to that moment. Mm-hmm. And it can be difficult to try to keep to that in the sense of like, well, this was important to that person mm-hmm. or this is important to me. And... The thing to remember is that it should always, as Joel was talking about, is point to God. Always worship God. And the reason why the church kind of says, hey, we should really focus on this is because it's meant to draw us deeper into prayer, not to be some sort of nostalgic moment Mm -hmm. or to just be about emotion, but it's meant to draw us deeper. Because uh, St. Augustine said, when we sing, we pray twice. Mm -hmm. So it is a form of prayer. So when we sing certain secular songs we're not actually praying we're just singing which is there's nothing wrong with singing some of the songs out there but it just may not be appropriate for the mass or for liturgy or some event like that Mm -hmm. i think father ventura that's a very good point and that was something that i just wanted to touch upon too is that you know i know exactly which song trisha was that talking about for the funeral and that song in and of itself is completely fine for me you know to uh, to praise our Lord with, even though it may be a secular song or, uh, you know, it, whatever other songs there are, um, they can be perfectly appropriate to use in personal prayer, to use um, to praise our Lord in a situation that does not involve the, the, the Holy Mass, the mm-hmm. sacred liturgy. Mm-hmm. And so it, when we think about, you know, we wouldn't replace the first reading or the second reading with you know, a saint's writings or even a newspaper. (laughs) Right, right. Like a newspaper article, a magazine article, like we wouldn't replace the first and second readings or the gospel with any of that, even though the saint's writings are in and of themselves beautiful and awesome. Mm -hmm. um, But simply because the mass is what it is, um, we wouldn't change that. In the same way, the music should be a certain way as well, meaning rooted in 
rooted chiefly in scripture, mm-hmm. as Trisha said. Um, and I think that, you know, an important point, too, is just that, like Joel has said before, the music must um, must be must be focused on leading us to our Lord and not, you know, not ending with the singer, because if it ends with the singer, then we have problems, yeah. you know, that that person needs to lead us to someone who will help us to be alive for more. And you are listening to Alive for More on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. You can listen to us Thursdays at noon or Sundays at 3 or online on demand at stgabrielradio.com. And um, we were just talking about sacred music. And Trisha or Joel, I believe you had a point. Um, So, Kayla, you were kind of talking about, in a very beautiful way, you know, there's like a uniformity in sacred music in the sense that it, it draws one to God and it should be based on scripture. Um, or liturgical sources. The Catechism also says that um, the harmony of song or the music is the is all the more expressive and fruitful when expressed in the cultural richness of the people who celebrate. Um, so there is a uniformity in it, but then there's also, uh, I don't want to say difference, but um, a wideness there's in a that flexibility. uniformity. Right. Trisha, that, that is very good. A flexibility with how we express, how we worship yeah. God so in that way. So it's interesting. I'm... Um, I'm a nurse at Catholic Youth Summer Camp, and um, so there are six to eighth graders at camp. And um, and the music that is played during the Holy Mass is usually led by a guitar, and sometimes there's like a soft djembe or um, um, a piano. What's a djembe? Djembe is like a drum, but not like a loud drum. Like okay, it's it's like a little drum. Okay, all right. I didn't know what a djembe was. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And uh, it's kind of a music that is emotive. Uh, I don't know if you Expressive. could say that. Yeah, maybe feel good music sounds mm. pretty. Um, but nonetheless, when you asked when I so I knew we were doing the show on sacred music, so I was pulling some of the campers at Catholic Youth Summer Camp, and I said, you know, when I say sacred music, like what comes to your mind? And all of them said, oh, the music we play here, mm-hmm. you know, because to them that is the music that leads their soul to Christ. Um, you know, and it, it all of the text is in conformity with Catholic doctrine and. Um, you know, Holy Scripture. But, you know, when you would ask maybe somebody older, like maybe even myself, like what when I say sacred music, what do you think of? I don't know if I necessarily would choose that first, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with having that sort of music in, Trisha, as oh, you're no, as yeah. you're drawing out. There's nothing wrong with that necessarily. But it's just like what Ezekiel writes in the mm-hmm. book of Ezekiel from Scripture says there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. There's a time and a place for that. To have it at say the high the the big parish mass the main parish mass may not be appropriate because that should really be the epitome of what liturgy should look like in the universal church now if you're having a special event or something like that it makes sense to do something a little bit different that flexibility that worship god and um that's okay uh, so it's good that they're recognizing it, but it always should be drawing us deeper. We shouldn't be stuck in one area, mm-hmm. if that if that makes sense. I, oh, think, yeah. I think you were and saying that, Trisha. I think it's Trisha. just the eight, you know, it's just that what the catechism is talking about with the culture, you know, I think that can also go with like maturity levels or age. Mm-hmm. Uh, middle schoolers are emotional, and so God is going to like reach them through their emotions, mm-hmm. and that could be done through music, correct, or no? Yeah, And definitely. also, like when I've spent time in Honduras working in... um. The music there is is like very different in the liturgy than it is here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, from my own personal perspective, I think that the the best experiences that I have at mass are when you have booming, full participation in the music. I mean, mm-hmm. it is just 
mass is super all the time. But I mean, when you have everybody, you know, every single person singing and and participating, I think it just it it's just so invigorating and. Most importantly, it drowns out my singing. So, <laughs> but I mean, I just, there's there's nothing like the sound of an entire church fully participating in the worship of the mass. And I would say that as long as we are pointing the right direction towards God, um, the the background, the beat of the song is much less important than the overall message of what we're playing. And Joel, that is an excellent point. That that whole concept of participation. Now, the thing is, when the church talks about participation, it's not doing something. Always remember that. Because just like prayer, prayer is not always doing something. Someone is just sitting in the presence of the Lord and allowing him to speak to you. When we participate in the liturgy, it doesn't necessarily always have to be doing something. It's not an activism. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, I have to be doing this, otherwise I'm not participating. Sometimes it can be just being struck by the beauty of something during the Mass, like... Mm -hmm a choir piece or something happening where you're just, you're focused, you're, you're not daydreaming, but you're focused on what's happening in front of you, but in a way where you're not actually having to sing or say something, but you're just struck by the awesome majesty of God in that moment. So I think that that is a wonderful point you made, Joel, about when these things should encourage us to participate and there are different ways to participate. Mm-hmm. That, that is that is a really good point, Joel. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you are listening to Alive for More on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Uh, you can catch us at uh, Thursdays at noon or Sundays at three or anytime online on demand at stgabrielradio.com. I think, you know, we just because we're doing a Sean Sacred Scripture, it'd be crazy if we did not. Sacred music. music. Oh, <laughs> man. Gotcha. <laughs> Which is I mean, kind of can't be Sacred Scripture yeah, at yeah, the yeah. same time, nonetheless. Um, we need, you know, we should mention Gregorian chant. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I was talking to somebody when I knew we were doing this show on sacred music who knows a lot more about sacred music than I do. Mm-hmm. And um, they were telling me, you know, the difference, you know, why the church upholds but, and, you know, we celebrate chant and we sing it and it sounds so beautiful. It was created by the church, right? It's music mm-hmm. of the church. It was created and it was um, to worship God for its original purpose. Whereas other music, um, we've kind of, uh, it wasn't created necessarily to worship God. Does that make sense? It wasn't created by the church. But like we, but through the new evangelization, we can use it for the glory of God. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and like Gregorian chant is something that was written by like just experience of reflection and stuff like that for the church. It was everything, all the Gregorian chant we have is fitted to each and every single mass, mm-hmm. all the readings, the the stuff. There are chants for each and every single Sunday mass, mm-hmm. each and every single daily mass that the church has spent thousands of years working on and improving on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, for example, if uh, those of you who have daily missiles, you can see, like, the antiphons that are in the entrance antiphon or the communion antiphon. It's just a verse from Scripture. Those have special chants that can be either simple, solemn, or really, really solemn. I mean, there mm-hmm. are different terms for I can't remember it right now. But um, <laughs> That's a very technical term. A really, very technical really term. Solemn. Really, really solemn. <laughs> it is really, really solemn. Um, and so there are different chants that the church has for those specific antiphons. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's beautiful to realize that we have that treasure. And it's really wonderful. And speaking of music... Um, I think it's appropriate to shift gears a little bit. And we've been talking about more about what is the purpose of sacred music. But now 
Let's I like that you just about. made a gear shifting with your hand. Yeah, well, you can't see it. I don't know if anyone it. else saw Father it, Ventura do that. It's for tuning into the uh, live cast. <laughs> right now. Yeah, live, live, live cast. Is there a camera in here? I hope not. Well, that, it's that funny be... because, I, so before we were doing this show, it, um, it really, this topic kind of came about because, um, you know, I was thinking, I had just actually come from a Christian concert. <laughs> Truth <laughs> be told, I texted uh, the group that night and I said, you know, what about, what about sacred music or... Uh, contemporary Christian music Mm -hmm. because I realized in my own life how edifying that is for me. You know, Mm -hmm. we, I'm sure you have those moments where we get that song stuck in our head and for better or worse, that song just stays with us and we can't get it out. And so why not have a good holy song stuck in our head? So I think we're going to do a competition um, and Kayla, did you frankly, really say the C word, the comp- competition? Yeah, I really did. And <sighs> see, here's the thing. I think that everyone in this room knows what I want to, you know, like walk down the aisle to, be buried to, have my children be baptized to. <laughs> wow. I think, I feel like everyone in this room knows <laughs> see, what that I song is. I do not know that song. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm a horrible So friend. then I thought, well, we could have a singing competition, but then Ooh. I thought that probably it would... <laughs> I mean, Ixnay I a lot of listeners very quickly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I guess we'll just do the guessing and we'll talk about our favorite hymn. And on the count of three, we'll all try to guess what it is. And then um, okay. we'll do it that way. So do you want to start us off, Kayla? Kind of describe sure. your stuff and sure. kind of we'll, give us uh, up the template. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, yep. we'll let you get all of the, um, the clues and the hints out of the I way before we, we jump on it. I appreciate that. Um, so really, to be honest, I don't know what century the song was written in, but I do know that um, there are there are two verses, occasionally a third verse. Um, actually, the third verse that's usually omitted is actually the second verse, and it's one of my favorites. <laughs> um, and it just talks about how we will... Um, it was not written in the 1980s. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No. Ever 19, Kayla. 1982. <laughs> oh, no. There's nothing wrong with There's that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's oh, just not as so distraught. Why? You came from because the 80s. I know. I know because she loves to look like, at the centuries when she reads. And <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. That is so sad. I no, really thought it not. was like 17th is, century. Well, Kayla, no. the church has been singing it for okay. the last 30 years. Oh, yeah. man. It's a Beautiful hymn. I love it. I like it. always imagine that like queens, kings and queens would uh, would like sing to it. This is so frustrating. <laughs> no, okay. continue. I cannot believe this just happened. Anyways, You're so kings and queens still might sing it. There's say, kings and okay, queens listeners. Today. I never so, thought that I would react that way, but anyway. Well, listeners, okay. just to give you, I started writing down the century on a card, and she looked at me. I just wanted to write it down for myself, and she looked over my shoulder to see it. I'm and, so sad right now. And she just reacted that way. So I apologize. Father Ventura did not mean to do it that way. <laughs> Everything is crumbling down before my eyes. But anyways, we're still going to just... Actually, the song talks about like blessing our Lord in the times that are really hard. Um, and just for the rest of our lives, like that's what we'll do. And... Um, Okay, so what we'll song is it? Thank, we'll rise yep. to thank you. Oh, God, beyond all praising. That one. We worship you today. That one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I'm not going favorite. to be singing mine, but that was wonderful. <laughs> Caleb, will yeah. you still use it for all of those important moments? Now you know that what? You know I really think that Father... Okay, so number one, Please don't I tell need me don't to ruin, like... Don't tell me I ruined it. I just need to actually take this to prayer. <laughs> oh. So it was written in 1982, but it's it's a beautiful sign that we can even have contemporary <laughs> music to be beautiful. It doesn't have to be ancient. I just imagine like the pilgrims getting off the ship singing this. I mean it seriously. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, That's so sweet. Maybe the music was written in the 1950s, but that hymn was written in 1982. 
<laughs> so, Father, okay. since you got it right, do you want to go next? Sure, I can mm-hmm. certainly go next. So, mine's a little obscure. Um, it is typically it was written after the Protestant um, Reformation. It's typically considered a Methodist song, but it <laughs> it is. Uh, Kayla is now reacting to something right now. She what? just confirmed her suspicion that that song was written in 1980. <laughs> but, I just on. didn't want to believe you. All right. This it's show okay. is not all about, oh, God, we have praising. It's okay. So it is typically a um, a hymn that is sung to talk about, like, typically focusing on the Philippians, at the name of Jesus, every knee, knee shall bow and everything shall bend at it. And it is a beautiful hymn. I love it. It's very March-like. It, um, I like marchy things. I, it's just uh, that's, I know exactly what it is. You know what it is. What is it's it? It's from the Liturgy of the Hours. What? At the name of Jesus. Yep, the King's Weston. Now, the thing that now those pass him, King of, of glory, glory. Now, yes, that one. Yep. Um, so uh, the one that's most familiar is the At the Name of Jesus. And that was, and but the the hymn, the melody is called the King's Weston. And it can fit to almost any lyrics. And in fact, at my first mass, I had some lyrics that I picked up from St. Andrew of Crete mm-hmm. that fit it perfectly. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful hymn. Oh, Christian, dost thou see them, how they prowl round and round. So, next, who, uh, Trisha? Just to update the scoreboard, I think it's Kayla 1, Father Nick Ventura 1. Yes. Joel and Trisha 0. Um, okay. <laughs> so, my favorite hymn was written in the 6th century, actually. Okay. So, it's really cool to think that people have been singing it for almost a thousand years. <laughs> okay, actually, I'm sorry. I just need to almost, interject. Wait, I just wait, found out been singing it for that almost a thousand years? Him, it, okay. okay. Oh, God, beyond all praising, actually, our Lord is so good. He knows my heart. This <laughs> setting of um, the Thaxed is the hymn tune. This setting was sung at the funeral of Princess Diana. Okay, Aww. there you go. So, it was sung it was was as sung as a Princess. So, wow. for okay, royalty, back to Trisha, Trisha. this, this um, song from the 6th century has been yeah, sung for almost a thousand years. Thank you. For, <laughs> I, the 6th century means like 500, so it's been, right? It's like been yeah, over, sure does. Yeah, over a thousand years. years. 1,500 years almost Okay, and then it was like re-metered in, uh, I think, 11th century or 12th okay. century by a, by a saint that we all know. Mm-hmm. And then when it was re-metered, that's the song that... I know that we sing today. Mm-hmm. Um, you sing it on Holy Thursday in the procession of mm-hmm. on know the it. feast day of Corpus Christi. I already know yeah. it, and it's like basically the story of Jesus. And from starting with like the Old Testament. Do you want it in Latin or English? Um, I would like it in Latin. Pange lingua. Yeah. Pange lingua. Yep. And I think when you hear like the church processing and singing that, like led by the Eucharist in the Corpus Christi procession, and then also in the procession after Holy Thursday Mass to repose the Eucharist, it is like heaven. You feel like you're in heaven, like you are processing with all the saints behind God. And like it, to me, it's a taste of what it must be like in heaven. That's it is a really beautiful hymn. And the Panja Lingua is was written by St. Thomas Aquinas. The mm-hmm. text was written by St. Thomas Aquinas and then re-metered to fit the text. Yeah. That, I mean, that melody. Well, it looks yeah. like the text was written in the 6th century and was, then St. Thomas re-metered it. Okay. Well, or maybe he, he like he made it rhyme too, so he okay. changed some well, of the words. But. but anyways, so last but not least, certainly not least, Joel, yeah. what is your favorite hymn? So you guys picked a lot of great hymns. Um, I was, if you can imagine, a pre- quite a preco- precocious uh, young child. So we used to have all school masses, yes. and um, this was at um, my elementary school. 
our uh, elementary school. No, not quite. St. Bernadette's. Oh, shout out St. Bernadette. Whoa. Um, and, <laughs> that game changer. And we had um, an acoustic guitar with a company and all the time. And I just remember that this song had just like um, just the, the best beat. And on top of that, it covered um, one of my favorite subjects, which are the Beatitudes. And when I was younger, I created a superhero called Beatitude, who just went around <laughs> teaching people about the Beatitudes. So, Beatitude. Beatitude. That's so, hilarious. So this song was quite near and dear to my heart. And uh, not not a great singer um, when I was a kid, but I would just just belt this song out um, to the point where my uh, the musicians at mass would say why don't you take it down a notch you're, you're rocking a 10 we need you oh. at at least a six or a five so um this is um a tech, uh, usually a song at closing um okay the attitudes um, oh they yeah. will know we are no, no 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 bless blessed are they mm. the poor in spirit yep There's this is the kingdom, kingdom of god okay so now kayla and i are tied <laughs> but that's not the name of the song blessed are they yes it is no. Rejoice no? and be glad. Rejoice no, it's, then you don't have the song. It's The song is called Lead Me, Lord. Oh. You've heard that song? Uh, yes. Uh, no, it's a different one. Uh, yeah. What we just lead think so. Lord, lead me, Well, Lord. I mean, you said a beatitude, so I thought yeah. that was close enough. But yeah, it's actually called Lead Me, Lord, and it is. it just has uh, dynamite beat. That's dynamite. that's pretty. So who got that score? Be my I think Father Nick won. Did I win? Wait, but I'm still singing it. I'm the yeah. winner <laughs> if you go by like oldest, probably best song. <laughs> All right, I, you guys I, I'm, no, <laughs> no, Diana. So Princess I get the award Diana. for uh, you know best choice in music, best I think taste I in music. Get the award for most passionate. I don't know. <laughs> huh? You, I, you I think probably, I might get the award I mean, for most you, passionate. I, about you kind of did kind of oh, not overreact. You did kind of explosively react when I just wrote down. Oh, 19. 80s and you saw what I wrote and you're like no no that can't be true I know if, but, if we're well, honest it, though you might also win for least informed about your song yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, so if you wow. only they could see Joel. my face right now oh, I mean because I just I it drew me into prayer and I didn't need to know more about it but regardless no, that is the goal of all sacred music is, is to the, draw us deeper into prayer deeper into union with our Lord and praise him and love him and adore him for the God who he truly is. Mm. And unfortunately, with that, we have to close um, as much as we would love to just keep divulging into all of the details of sacred music. Yeah. Um, if you would like to close us in prayer, Father Ventura, that would be great. Certainly. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, you give us gifts to praise and worship you. Help us to realize what they are and to do it in accordance with your will. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Until next time, please know of our prayers. God bless you. Alive for More is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Alive for More and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. This